Hi everybody and welcome back to the Ocean Riders podcast. Conversations with creatives, entrepreneurs, thinkers and dreamers who also happen to be surfers. My name's Imi and I am your host. Today I get to sit down for a chat with Belinda Bradford who was in Sydney when I got hold of her. Belinda is Australian and has been surfing for around 20 years now. Despite the fact that she utterly rips in the lineup, she has worked in extremely demanding jobs most of her life, from senior managerial positions in the corporations such as Qantas or Time Warner. She's also created a bunch of successful international startups. In terms of dream jobs, you could say Belinda has had them all as she has been an extremely driven person. So it's interesting to talk to someone who has been had a life filled with demanding jobs and the perks that come with them. A couple of years ago, Belinda decided to join forces with Jenny Boggis and Serena Adams, both highly qualified surf coaches, and together they created Surf Getaways, a surf travel company for women. As Belinda says, she's put the company on steroids. In this episode... We learn a bit more about Belinda's story and discover why and how Belinda managed to leave the corporate world. Today, Belinda shares her time between Sydney, Byron Bay, the Maldives, Fiji, Vanuatu and Bali of all places. So I guess you could say she's created a dream job split between portions of paradise. We discuss the way Surf Getaways is inspiring and empowering women to reach their full potential through surfing. So it's really interesting how the process of surfing in a 100% female environment is creating self-confidence and breaking the barriers of fear for women in all sorts of situations. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is the Ocean Riders podcast and please welcome Belinda Bradford. Hello, Belinda, and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. How are you today? I, I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine. I'm really good, really well. Sun shining. It's fantastic. Belinda, as I noticed, you are a very well-traveled tra- uh, person. Whereabouts are you right now? I am sitting by the beach in Sydney, Australia. Fantastic. Wow. Uh, before we start the podcast, do you think you could introduce yourself briefly to the listeners? Sure. Um, my name is Belinda Bradford. I um, am based in Sydney and in Bali, Indonesia, um, and I am currently running a female-based surf travel company uh, out of Byron Bay in uh, on the east coast of Australia. That's brilliant. Maybe to sort of uh, rewind into your, your backstory, um, what kind of a family did you grow up in? Well, from my travel background you'd probably think I was raised by gypsies but I wasn't (laughs) (laughs) my parents uh traveled a lot because of my father's work which was primarily working on big international construction operations um so I was actually started school in New Guinea and finished school when I was at boarding school and my parents were in the Philippines so I've sort of traveled a lot um all my life and so the family was very used to traveling not only within Australia but obviously throughout Asia. Excellent wow and so how old were you when you actually discovered the joys of surfing? It was later actually in my life so Mm -hmm. I was living in Hawaii for five years uh, again through work and I would have probably been then in my very late 20s Mm -hmm. so early 30s late 20s yeah. Fantastic and whereabouts in Hawaii was it? 
Oahu, so Honolulu, mm-hmm. um, and that's obviously if anyone's been there, they'll know that if you live in Hawaii and you don't surf, uh, yeah, there's not a lot else that you can really do and everyone at least is somewhere at some time in the water. So for me, sitting on the beach wasn't an option. I had to be doing something and watching people surf was not something I wanted to do either. I wanted to actually try and do it. So started on a boogie board and then progressed to a longboard. Fantastic. And um and so did you did you go to university or or did you start your career directly sort of from a first job? I did a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I um came out of school and was came out of boarding school and was desperate wanted to immediately launch myself into something that where I could earn cash. <laughs> <laughs> and so I um ended up ended up being a corporate uh, cadet if you like management cadet and my mm-hmm. first career started in fashion in fashion buying of all things and as part of that um university was involved but I I don't know whether it was fortunate or not fortunate but I ended up being promoted very early so I ended up not finishing my degree, um, which at the time I thought was brilliant because I was in the middle of studying accounting and economics, which would have been, (laughs) was so boring. It was like sticking pins in my eyes. Um, But I ended up being promoted to a buyer very early in my career. I wasn't even, I think I was still like 22 or 23. I think I was the youngest buyer they'd ever promoted at the time. So I ended up having that trajectory very, very quickly, um, which probably in hindsight was also a good thing because you learn to be an adult in a business environment and you learn the disciplines of business at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously you can just continue to build on those, which I think has always been useful for me anyway. Absolutely. And so, so you've, you've really had some amazing sort of high profile positions. Could you, could you tell us a bit more about that? Um, Yeah, I guess I've always, I always worked very, very hard. I was always very driven. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I was always really determined to do, you know, to be the leader, not to be just complacent with being something in the middle, because to me, it was just, there was no real sense of accomplishment in that. And I don't say that, you know, being critical of anyone else. It was just my own view of the world. Um, And it also seemed to me that the senior management always had the fun roles and always Mm -hmm. did the travel and always got the, the, you know, the Porsche or the, um, (laughs) or the, or the groovy car. Um, And so for me, there was just no option of being in the middle. I wasn't going to stay there at all. So um, I ended up being hired by quite a few high profile organizations, um, which again, I think, in those environments, you also learn um, your, you know, the people in in meeting rooms with you in most cases are the top of their game. So you not only learn from colleagues that are in highly competitive environments, but usually those um, companies have incredibly strong, again, business um, frameworks. And so I learnt those um, really, you know, very, very deeply ingrained, um, mm. you know, the methodology behind running strategy and business and marketing roles. So my roles were usually head of marketing groups right? Um, or big operations in media companies. So I've done both sides of that. Um, that must yeah, be so, I mean, very exciting. I, well, it was, but it's also very demanding. I mean, you know, you get those roles, you don't get them for free. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's an expected performance regime um, mm. and it's highly competitive. So you you do work very long hours. You do put a lot into what you do, um, but I think in hindsight too, you learn a lot from it. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't. Well, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to do what I've done in the last sort of five or ten years if I hadn't had that discipline at a young age. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. So you also started a few startups. Could you tell us a bit 
about the the companies that you created? Yeah, well, the first one, um, I mean, I've done oh, lots of little silly ones myself that have <laughs> more out, that have morphed out of sort of hobbies that I've gone, oh, that's a great mm-hmm. idea. I'll sell olive oil to people now, <laughs> um, which was more because I was obsessed with um, the, you know, the natural um, components of olive oil, but that's just, that was just a side hobby. The first one was actually a media company in Hong Kong called mm-hmm. Creative Airspace, of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was at the beginning of the mass proliferation of use of internet by corporations around the world. So what my company did was it was the beginning of monetizing publishing um, okay. online and primarily our customers were big companies like Boeing or big big airlines because they were trying to figure out how to integrate um, internet technologies and internet um, concepts into a cached environment in an aircraft and it was the beginning of when internet connectivity was starting to be something that you could see was tangibly going to happen in flight. Wow, so my company was one of the first um, that started but we were, had a very, very meteoric rise and then a catastrophic fall because <laughs> we, were, we were launched two years before 9-11 Oh. And on 9-11, our market pretty much disappeared overnight for obvious reasons because the marketing divisions of those companies were pretty much gutted. Yeah. Um, so it was a pretty um, pretty amazing experience myself um, because I was actually on a United aircraft in the US or entering the US from Hong Kong on 9-11. So that was pretty, that was pretty exciting. Well, sort of exciting, sort of not. Yeah. Um, but still an amazing experience, all of it together. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, um, I don't regret any of it. Obviously, nine eleven, I regret happening, but um, not, not my um, business experience in that at that scale because we had offices in LA, we had offices in Hong Kong, we were dealing with, you know, pretty major organisations around the world, which again I learnt an enormous amount from. <laughs> well, that's really interesting to actually sort of have such a an amazing experience um and and actually what what sort of um what inspired you to actually leave the corporate world and um and 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 start surf getaways well a couple of things i'd worked um in corporate roles in big organizations you know for 20 30 years and i had never i'd always felt uncomfortable in them i mean i obviously did did quite well and achieved a lot but personally i always felt like i just didn't fit there mm-hmm. Um, you just what would you know if someone had tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Right, here you go, you can do whatever you want." It wouldn't be choose those roles, right? <laughs> if I was really honest, and I happened to do extremely well out of a startup that I'd launched in the last with a bunch of venture capital guys that I, I'd known from my other business connections, and we did very well out of it. And I've suddenly had the opportunity to literally do whatever I wanted in my life, which. Wow. It's quite cliched because actually it's quite true when it happens to you and you've been quite driven and you've been really operating in a very traditional framework. To have that happen to you overnight, your brain does go, okay, um, <laughs> now what? So well, I actually went travelling for two years. I just did I just did nothing but travel for two years, um, really trying to unhook my brain from that framework. That's amazing because actually that's something that um, people who sort of leave a really driven job, there's, a, there's always a time of that void of when you've been uh, you've been working so hard and you've just had that sort of work motto um, growing on you for all those years to actually go from from all to nothing how did you sort of how how did you feel in that experience actually of traveling 
Well, to be honest, in the beginning it was excruciating, <laughs> apart from the fact that obviously I love travelling. I mean, it's something that's my second, you know, really travelling and being on the move is my second home. You know, yeah. if I if I need to, you know, a lot of my creative ideas, a lot of the things that I really um, come to accept or want to change in my life come to me when I'm travelling. Mm. Um, and it always has been that way. Um, but what was really... Um, unique in this situation that I had was that really none of the frameworks of things that I would have anchored myself in needed to exist anymore because you really can when you really can do do whatever you want be careful of that option because then you really have to get clear with yourself with what you want exactly and that and that's very difficult I think in a world where the choice is just so enormous and everyone else thinks you're crazy because they're like, well, you can do whatever you want. What's your problem? Like, what, what, what are you doing? You, like most people would, would kill for that option. So for me, I, um, I really had to use travel as a way of disconnecting from that and um, allowing myself to just take time out and, and literally force myself to not do things. So I did really diverse things from, you know, being in the middle of the desert in Morocco to, you know, being in Bhutan, you know. It, wow. um all for that purpose, really, to uh-huh. just change every perspective I thought I had and turn it upside down and just let life bring to me what I felt I wanted to do next. And and surfing's always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started, as you do, when your brain starts to settle and you start to be more reflective about things that you know feed your soul the the core thing that you've always treasured appears and appears really firmly and so for me surfing was always been that place um but it came to me slowly because I uh, in the past I'd always used surfing as a place where I would go Mm -hmm. not a place I would permanently be and so that became a very, you know, like, oh, is surfing a really, you know, is it a cheesy thing that you're now going to be in the surf business? Like, come on, is that something that's a waste of time? Um, and I actually met my business partners um, mm-hmm. going on a surf trip, that's looking amazing. for a women's surf trip and finding them in Byron Bay in Australia and going, you know what, I need to get out of Sydney, I want to go surfing. Where's And it was very, very difficult to find surf operators that focused on how women surf and how women learn and the sorts of things that women want to do. I mean, I don't want to go and stay in a backpackers, mm. you know, I don't want to go and hang out with, I mean, 18 year olds are cool, but yeah. I don't want to be with them 24 seven and I don't want to learn to surf with them uh-huh. um, because usually they're learning to surf in quite a flippant sort of holiday mode. And I'm quite serious about yeah, wanting to dedicated. improve. So, well, you want to improve, right? You yeah. don't just want to party. I mean, party can be part of it, but not for the whole time. Yeah. So, I'd sort of been looking for that, but a lot of the surfing that I'd done, I'd done on my own um, because there just wasn't anything like that. Mm. And I found the girls, went on one of their um, tours mm-hmm. and was like, okay, so this is cool. And then I heard that they were taking another group to Fiji about two weeks later, so I booked on that as well. By that <laughs> stage, my entrepreneurial brain was going, okay, this might be a thing. <laughs> Um, because they're great surfers and great girls, but they, they've grown up in the surf industry and so they didn't have a lot of business acumen. And I've found from my own experience, you either have one or the other. You have people yeah. that have grown up in surfing and they have zero business or mm. formal training. And so they end up making very nice corner businesses that 
don't seem to go anywhere and unfortunately a lot of them fail. Um, and for me, I fell into surfing late after I'd already started my business career. And so I think that has been a huge benefit. And my business partners, if you've looked at their profile on our website, are extremely accomplished in their own way in the surfing industry. Um, and we got on really well. They're really funny, really great girls. Um, they surf way better than me, which is one of my <laughs> motivations to get better. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how we got together. And um, so, yeah, two years ago um, Surf Getaways was started and I mm-hmm. guess I probably put the business on steroids probably about six months ago. Could you sort of introduce us to the two surf coaches that um, represent Surf Getaways? Yeah, well, Jenny Bogus is our head of destinations and high performance. She's an ex-world um, champion surfer. Um, and she has surfed on as a pro, um, I think, for close to 10 years. Um, she doesn't surf professionally now, but she does and has coached and is coaching um, one of the junior pros on the Australian Tour at the moment. But she's also coaching the Billabong female pro team, fitness and surfing in the last couple of years. So she's a really um, esteemed, very highly qualified um, professional coach. She also does, you know, um, local sort of um, coaching for some of the, um, you know, personal clients that she has around the Byron Bay area. And um, and Serena um, started, we have a big brand of, um, what would you call it, Learn to Surf um, a brand in Australia that sort of runs on the East Coast and it's called Let's Go Surfing. Um, Serena set up the Byron Bay, the first Byron Bay surf school, which was then um, bought by Let's Go Surfing, which runs pretty much the major ones down the east coast of Australia. She's been in surf coaching um, for general public for many, many years, but she also trains coaches. She sits on the advisory board of the Queensland professional coaches um, body as well. So she's got some extensive training in coaching. And of course, we use all of the professional coaching elements as part of our tours because we really believe that that's the only way you improve. Like there's lots of what we would call sort of chewing gum models of of teaching tourists to surf um, mm-hmm. and taking their money and just putting them on a soft board and telling them they can learn to surf in a day and away they go. And, of course, they don't learn to surf. And in some cases they get overconfident and then they can get hurt or they can get, it, get frightened. And we don't do any of that. We make sure that we um, – we take people on the journey very slowly and we explain to them that the ocean can be dangerous. It's not a place to be silly around or to think you can learn to surf in a week. It's not (laughs) possible, as I'm sure you know. (laughs) Well, in fact, I've got a personal story. I actually stopped surfing um, for about uh, 10 years because I had a massive uh, accident where, where, as you say, I I was overconfident. I wasn't uh, experienced properly, went out in some conditions that were definitely not mine. And I didn't have the training on how to spot whether it was crashing on a rock or not or whatever. And it just put me off surfing for for years and years and years. And still today, um, I'm kind of traumatized by big waves and uh, sort of panic, go freeze, you know, all these sorts of things, which I'm yeah, it's very common and I think that's why we've introduced even for our surf tours, we really understand that fear, mm-hmm. um, which is why I've mentioned it to you, can be really – I mean it's something I'm really conscious of and as and as, as a management team we're very conscious of recognising that women of all levels have it. Like you can be a pro surfer and still 
be afraid of certain conditions, but you have no choice. If you've got a heat on, you have to paddle out in that. So there are some things you can teach people in, in, in means of overcoming them, but we've actually just introduced a tour of all places to Vanuatu. Now, there is some local surf breaks there that are great, but the main reason for us taking women there is we take women there that have never surfed before, um, that want to learn to surf or they're just beginning and they haven't really had any experience. We qualified. If you haven't had a professional surf lesson in the last six months to 12 months, you can't go straight into our beginner tours. We will we will advise you to go to Vanuatu first and we will teach you in flat water and we will teach you in very small inside reef breaks how to paddle, how to engage your core, how to turtle roll, what it means to be in a channel, um, what it means to be underwater. So we take you, we start in the pool, we physically teach you what it means to be underwater, how to hold your breath, primarily so that when you do start to surf, initially, you know, at some point you are going to experience being held down. You're going to experience being in the middle of a break where a huge rogue set comes in and you're duck diving eight, nine, ten waves. Mm. Um, that can be scary. And mm. so we really try and introduce women to, to, to ways they can calm themselves and learn skills that if you just go with it, you'll be fine. But if you panic, mm-hmm. you're going to get into trouble. So we use this, um, we call it our introduction to the ocean mm-hmm. um, and learn to surf um, introduction course. And we do three days out of the water and three days in the water, in the water, um, in the surf, that is, three, right. three days in flat water, three days in surf, because there are elements of learning to paddle that you would know as well are really essential to safety when you surf. And if you don't understand what that means, you can get yourself into trouble when you get in a current very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So we we do all of that stuff in flat water and then we take you to the ocean. That's so important. That's such a good idea actually. And, and what's really um, – what I found out was that the fear also sort of prevents you progressing at some point, you know. Once Absolutely. You, you really can't, if you can't overcome the fear, then it's really difficult to um, to, yep. to, to move forward and get into bigger waves. And part, part of surfing is falling off and, and getting, um, sure. you know, getting rolled in, in, in the water. And, and it's sometimes, um, yeah, just the fear of that moment can, can just paralyze you for, for your progression. So that's, so yep. could you, um could you, um, just tell us what your acronym FEAR stands for. Well, this is actually from a friend of mine um, who's who's a psychologist and we were talking about fear the other day, again, in, in, a, in a conversation around surfing of all things. Um, and she was saying that, you know, 99.9% of human fear is exactly that. It's false expectations appearing real. So if you apply it to a to a surfing environment, if your expectation is the wave is going to kill you, then that's what you're going to experience and you don't focus on ways of recovery or ways of getting yourself out and it may not be the ocean that's the danger it's your mindset and that's very much I think also a metaphor for life is that if you if you experience things in a way that are fearful then they will be fearful they will be they will harm you you'll create that experience and so we really teach women in our um in our surf tours. And I mean, a lot of the women that come on our surf tours have come from, you know, they're getting into surfing because they want to try something different. They've come out of, in some cases, um, divorce or their, their kids have all gone to school now and they're trying to figure out where they fit in the world and in their marriage. They're, they may be deciding whether or not they're going to get married. They come with all different sorts of, of life 
um, lessons and mm-hmm. life experiences. And one of the things that, that we've noticed is through what we do, um, because it's so personal, because we're in an environment that's in, that's encouraging and supportive stuff, they start revealing things and talking about things that they wouldn't normally do in, in a, in a public or a, or, or an open space. Um, that's and one amazing. of the things we found is surfing is a really, when you're in a group, particularly with women, and I think it's just the way women learn and women support each other, that it's incredible the stories that have come out from our tours where, you know, someone might be struggling and all of a sudden we hear that someone else is really struggling with what they're doing and they're beating themselves up and the rest of the group start really supporting them and reinforcing the good things that they're doing. It's quite a, quite an amazing thing to watch. Yeah. Um and it's all because what we try and teach is that everyone is different, but everyone has the capacity to do more than they think they can. Mm-hmm. And and allowing and supporting that to come through is really what we do. And, I mean, the women do it themselves. We give them the means. We give them the framework. We enable them to feel safe. But the rest is them. Yeah, yeah. But what's so nice is for them to feel confident enough as well to cre- to actually create an environment where they feel confident to share, where they feel confident to, you know, to be themselves um, and without any judgment. And I guess that helps also their progression in surfing and in life in, on, a, on a sort of main basis. Yeah, for sure. And I think surfing is one of those great things, which is why I really, um, really li- like it a lot is, I mean, surfing is, is a great leveller. I mean, particularly for women. I mean, you surf, you, you know, there's, you can't hide if you're overweight. You can't hide that you're... Um, you know, read thin and might have suffered from anorexia or something. You can't hide that you, um, you know, in any capacity, you're mm-hmm. in the water, your hair's all over the place. It doesn't <laughs> matter whether you normally wear makeup or not. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a great leveller. And so I think what happens and what we've seen is women may be very, very nervous about what they're going to expect in the first sort of 24 hours. We try to give them, you know, a very extensive briefing and we try to be lighthearted and not, not make it difficult for them. But Within 24 hours, they recognise after the first surf, everyone's the same. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You're going to get rolled around just like someone who, who is surfing longer than you have. You're all going to get wet. You're all going to have your hair all over the place. You're all going to be, you know, stumbling out of a boat if you're in Fiji or the Maldives <laughs> or somewhere. You know, it's not – it can be glamorous afterwards when you're lying <laughs> by the pool, but it's certainly not when you're paddling out duck diving through a – <laughs> through a set of waves you know glamorous is the last thing surfing is <laughs> I love that yeah absolutely so um so what would be the perfect profile for your guests I mean do you do you have a specific profile no well we do we and it's really just been through um an organic process of mm-hmm. seeing um who was interested I mean obviously we're all women you know in our 40s I'm in my 50s um most of our women are 30 plus. I mean, one of our oldest surfers, and she was one of the best surfers on the trip that I did to Fiji. She was 68. Wow. And so we have got some incredible women that join us that where age isn't isn't an issue. And mm-hmm. we, we certainly don't have a lot of really young women, but mm-hmm. we don't, I mean, we certainly don't you know, in any way discriminate and say, well, if you're young and stunningly beautiful and a hot surfer, you can't come. Like, please join us. But um, <laughs> what we're really enthused about and certainly what I'm really um, excited about is the amount of women that are joining us that haven't surfed before or are getting back into it and they're mm. in their 40s. 
That's brilliant. Yeah. 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 According to you, why would it be important to get more women in the water? I just think it's a great way of building confidence. Again, it's a real leveller. And so you end up having to look at the things that you actually have managed to do um, through surfing. And, and, and surfing, as you know, is quite a physical sport. So mm-hmm. if you can actually overcome the fear if you've never surfed before and actually learn and paddle out and learn what it likes to to feel movement on a wave, et cetera, et cetera, um, Women, I think, re- really respond to that when they have their confidence built. They, they, they seem to be more empowered to do great things. Whereas I think, and I'm not being negative about men, but men seem to seem to seem to be very competitive in that space. Mm-hmm. And I don't think women learn the same way. I think mm-hmm. they learn about themselves and then want to use it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we have seen of women have gone on to be really positive and really constructive. Like one of the great stories we have is, um, and actually she was um, on the first surf tour that I did when I was when I met my business partners in Byron Bay. Now she was a woman from New Zealand. She'd just turned 40. Mm-hmm. And the rest of us on the tour had surfed before. So we didn't even think to ask her. We thought at first she'd come from a, she's now a great friend of ours, so we can we can talk about it. We've done a case study on her because we were also blown away when we found out her story. But um, so she, Andy won't mind me talking about it, I'm sure. But but she came to, to the tour and she'd been at a health retreat beforehand and we we're all like sitting at dinner drinking wine and going, what? She hasn't had any alcohol for what? What is she doing? Like we're surfers. Like what? No, this isn't going to work. And she looked really pale and she, we're thinking, oh, my God, she's like, what is she doing? She's combining the wrong things with surfing. Speaking of no judgment, but we did that night. Anyway. After the next couple of days, we're paddling out the back of waves at Byron and she's paddling out and we're thinking, wow, okay, so she's, you know, she's giving it a shot. That's cool. Wasn't by by about, of course, day three, she was sitting at the dinner table and having wine and she'd abandoned her her retreat philosophy from the week before and she started telling us her story and it turns out that only two months before she had learnt to swim, so she couldn't even swim until two months before. And she decided when she turned 40 that she wanted to do things that she'd been telling herself were cool but she'd never let herself do. So not only was she terrified of being underwater, she had only learned to swim two weeks before and she was paddling out in breaks that I was paddling out in and I've been surfing for 20 years. Uh And so I was just like, wow. (laughs) And not only that, she became so addicted. She still lives in Auckland and New Zealand. She bought a wetsuit in Byron Bay. She went back to Auckland. She bought herself a surfboard and she has continued to surf and just recently went on our Fiji tour. That and um, and you think like, wow. And now when you see her, and obviously I remember, remember a, a friend of hers on Facebook, and she's now got this whole group of women that she surfs with in New Zealand. She's just also been to Bali surfing. Like this was somebody that had never thought this experience was ever going to be in her space and now she's inspiring women all around to do exactly the same thing and that that fear is no barrier I mean she's even still taking lessons in New Zealand um, to get over her fear of being underwater so she does it in a pool in in Auckland with a coach so you know it's incredible what 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 you can do and you can see her level of confidence and her level of engagement and travel has just expanded with Mm. her capacity to overcome fear which is such a great thing. It's just fantastic. That's 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 a lovely story, and it's it, um it's amazing that you know just to sort of get that nudge from 
um, the experience that you offered to actually get confidence in the waves and then and then and then to sort of use that and run with it is just a lovely story really really lovely well you become much more confident with yourself in life and I think that's women tend to use that I think in a really constructive way and I'm not saying that men don't I'm sure there are some men out there that do but women seem more than more than ever to either actively encourage their friends to do what they're doing Mm -hmm. because it's such a great experience they've had themselves not because they want to be competitive with their friend they want to really enable them to have this same experience and and from that builds momentum either Mm -hmm. whether it be to travel whether it be to be more independent and travel on your own whether it be to encourage other women to do things whether it be to think about doing things on your own, which some women have done as well. They've been in businesses. We've started with them surfing and the next minute they're launching their own, you know, health store or health food store or something on their own and you're like, wow, you talked about that when you came surfing and now you're doing it. It's like it's just an incredible thing that we've seen and and the spirit of that is what we really encourage um, with all the tours we, we take. Right. That's, that's lovely. That's really, really cool. And so um, about running the business, I mean, you said earlier on that um, you sort of put the business on steroids. What exactly um, did you... Yes, what, it what means was... I'm surfing a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was that's going to sure. ask you. <laughs> yeah, surfing a lot less and traveling a lot more. But look, I've been through this before. If I was, if I was um, new to startups, I'd be sort of going, oh, what's happening? But I'm, I'm very aware of, of this sort of thing. And, and, and it doesn't, it's not it's not forever. Yeah. But yes, um, there's a lot more conventional business and a lot less surfing just now. But I, I had, I'm in Sydney at the moment. I've been back in Australia and actually in Vanuatu um, in the last month, but I head back to Bali um, in a week. And the season is starting to turn from wet to dry up there. So I live very close to the beach. And so I will be back surfing every day. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, when I'm not surfing, I, I work out in the gym. Why? Because I want to be fit for when I'm surfing. Um, and you learn all of those things go hand in hand. Um, and for me, you know, age isn't a barrier to any of those things. If you continue to look after yourself, you can surf, you know, until you can't walk anymore, basically. Um, and that'll be, me. <laughs> that'll be me. When when you sort of enroll for a surf getaway, do you have to sort of train physically or sort of, do, do you ask do you ask the guests to um to sort of be in a certain physical condition or um, how does well, that work? Well, well we do, we do um, provide a bit of a framework of what we think you need. So obviously you need to be able to swim <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and you need to have, you know, a reasonable level of fitness. Obviously for the introduction and beginners um, tours, you know, you don't need to be, um, you know, a pro surf, pro athlete. Um, but we introduce surf fitness in our introduction to the ocean and we maintain discussions of that um, at beginner level. So women, again, recognise realistic expectations that if you want to improve in surfing, then you need to recognise fitness and diet go hand in hand. But mm-hmm. the, I think the great thing about surfing is it's such a fun thing to do, but it's such an awesome workout. Like yes. if you go into the ocean for, for an hour, I mean, if you paddle, if you paddle on a surfboard, you engage every single one of your muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in a really fun environment. I mean, you're not, you know, you're not wrapped up in lycra sweating out in the gym. Not that that's bad, but, you know, doing it all the time can not be as in, certainly not as enjoyable as mm-hmm. being in, a, in an ocean environment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just sort of being immersed in water is just a, such a good feeling anyway. It's, so to the nitty gritty, where do you take your, your, your guests? 
We have currently five destinations. So our head office is in Byron Bay in Australia. So we obviously have um, our hometown uh, tour there. We also do Bali, which we have just opened um, in the last couple of months. We do the Maldives, we do Fiji, and we also do Vanuatu, which is our introduction. So we run the introduction um, tours for women that are just thinking about it or trying to see whether or not they should get back into surfing if they haven't surfed for, you know, again, if they haven't surfed in, you know, for six or 12 months, we really encourage them to do Vanuatu first to get mm-hmm. themselves back um, prepped. But we do Vanuatu and we do Byron for, um, for the intro. Right. So what's included in the package? Pretty much everything except airfares. So all of our tours are included. Um, we stay, we don't stay in, you know, seven-star accommodation, but we certainly stay, you know, four or five-star. We're not, mm-hmm. we, again, we're a, a group of women that don't think you need to be lying in a hammock to learn to surf, that you actually can have a nice experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we stay in and we take women to surf breaks that normally only guys would go to. Um and they have, I think from research we've done, we are the only surf tour company in the world that takes women um, intro beginner through to pro right. um, coaching. Really? And we do it professionally. We don't do it. So if you go to the Maldives, you surf where the guys would be taken to surf on a surf tour. Mm-hmm. Same in Fiji. Um, but we do it in a way where women are safe mm-hmm. and they're not in a highly competitive environment with a whole bunch of guys around them. So mm-hmm. um, we're very we're very conscious of what's involved and we don't take anyone where we haven't been first. So we go and we literally try it all out, including the food, um, <laughs> at each at each location because I think for us it's really important that we, um, if we like it and we think it's workable and the breaks are safe but also um, quality, mm. then um, then we're comfortable taking people in after us. Right, right. That's really that's really cool, actually. It must be so so cool actually to do all these this traveling and testing and finding new places. How do you sort of fit that into the the daily timetable of a of a day in the life? Well, I think you just have to be disciplined. I think I've learned a lot in the past, you know, decade, few decades, thankfully, from my corporate career that. You know, just being busy and filling your day doesn't mean you're efficient or productive or successful. That just mm-hmm. means you're filling your day. So I have a very clear, and I've been taught, I think, by some of the best in the business about how you prioritise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and I'm teaching the girls actually that at the moment, my business partners, um, what's critical to the business is your priority, and anything else can wait. Mm-hmm. Um, you can compartmentalise those other things. So I'm, I think I'm very, very good at that. But I've also learnt that. You can't work hard and burn yourself out. Um, that's useless. There's yeah. no point in that. You have to, you have to pace yourself. And so I do travel a lot for sure, but I do try and take time to hang out with friends and family in those spaces. You know, sometimes I'm busier than others, and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I do have to go. Okay, you're starting to get a little bit wound out about whatever issue, and I can kind of catch myself these days. And I mean, I have some great friends that are um executive coaches and and i mean like um what what would you call it um i'd call them head coaches not surfing coaches and i've worked with them at executive levels um in the years in roles in the past you know very serendipitously to be honest through being parts of 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 high performing um, management teams and they've Mm -hmm. remained friends and and they are also great levelers for me so Mm -hmm. i i do 
maintain contact with them. Obviously, they're friends, but I maintain contact with them because I really value their input on my, on what I'm doing. I check in with them about myself as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you've got to do those things. I don't think it's. I don't think you're not. You're immune to it if you've done it before. But I'm very mindful of it. Yeah, that's really important. Actually, seeking out outdoor help and coaching is um really can sort of change things radically um to have somebody sort of say the right words at the right moment and to get yourself out of your own head is really really useful and and unlocks a lot of possibilities that people sometimes don't imagine possible very true and there's and there there is a certainly a skill to it i mean uh, you can be caught up in your own head and your own thinking very very easily because it's habit forming just like anything anything mm-hmm. humans do you know has the potential to be that um so if you have someone that's very highly trained and knows you well, um, they can see it yeah. in a nanosecond. And so um, I find that, you know, really refreshing for me because, I'm, you know, I've obviously been trained in a lot of those things myself. I don't take it as a negative. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I'm going into that space again. Okay, yeah. wow, that's that's wild. But I just do that and I, and I really enjoy what I do. I mean, I think obviously it being – um, around surfing is a huge bonus, but I'm really passionate about um, enabling women to really be something they never thought they could be, and mm. and 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 through something like surfing, which is such a great thing to do for the mind and the body. I mean, there's not much there's not much better than that, I don't think, mm. um, uh, in in that environment um, for for the human soul it's a pretty um extraordinary experience and i think all surfers would 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 vouch for that and so for me if i can get the more women i can get experiencing that i think for the world and the space we're in right now that's the, that's yeah. a that's a really positive thing yeah cuz um um at one point you said um that um you know we how, how do we fit in such an upside down world and can surfing really make a difference i mean could you elaborate on that I think it can, and I think one of the things that I mentioned before is because it's such a leveller. I mean, mm. you know, unless you're a real pro and you have been coached and you have the time to make surfing your career, you know, we all have periods of surfing where we don't go as much as we should or we plateau and we don't improve like we mm. should or we see someone that we're friends with who surfs better than us or has a new board or whatever. But through surf- the surfing experience, all of that levels out. Because, you know, someone with a new board can get wiped out just as much as you can. And so it doesn't matter. The surfing environment, I think, really takes away ego. I mean, if you paddle out and you're in your head when you're surfing, you're going to get nailed by Mm. whatever wave wave comes in. You can't be in your head. You have to be in the moment. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that I think particularly what's going on around the planet at the moment, everyone's everyone's in their head they're in they're in their own they're in their own thing they're not conscious of what's going on around them and i think that's a real problem generally mm-hmm. because when everyone's in their own thing and and everyone's looking at the world through their own personal filter then who's looking after what the world needs to have and do and you know the, it, you you need to develop those qualities where you can have empathy and you can have appreciation for protecting the ocean why mm. because the ocean does more than just you know support boats or yeah. you know like it's it's a it's a living breathing thing yeah. um and so i think i think surfing can and i think there's a lot of people in the surfing community that i know um are trying to make a difference um i think the more people that experience it will hopefully um get the same insight that most mm. surfers have about 
the connection between the earth and and the way we live and the way we need to respect each other and 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 when and how we live needs to nurture and support that so you know i think we can make a difference yeah absolutely oh i just wanted to come back on what the mantra of surf getaways is just to remind everybody of the sort of cool mantra that you've got yeah well we we really are focused at the moment on on really wanting to empower women to to reach their full potential through surfing whatever that is you know like whatever they're 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 trying to to achieve um we we want to give them um the sense of confidence and achievement that enables them to do that and that's really our our vision mm-hmm. i mean our whole mission if i'm going to be you know quite a ruthless business person <laughs> is to be the the number one <laughs> surf tour company for women in the world and um and uh, hopefully we'll 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 get there. And we're surfing in the Olympics for the first time next year. Yeah. Watch this space. We've got yeah. more tours coming on board in the next twelve months, and Japan will definitely be one of them. Fantastic. So, um, so yeah. So, should we recap how to get hold of you? And um... oh, okay. Um, so yeah, we have um, an online um, presence, which is um, surfgetaways.com.au. Mm-hmm. And you can book and pay online. Um, you don't have to be operating in the Australian hemisphere to be able to do any of those things. All our tour details are there and all our pricing um, is there. And it's obviously quite affordable. We're an Australian-based company, so all of our prices are in Australian dollars. So for anyone in Europe or the United States, um, it's a bargain, really. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to get in contact, just uh, contact us via the website. Um, okay. we, we've got people that... Yeah, take uh, questions from all around the world all the time. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really good. Before we part, I've just got a few sentences that I asked my uh, guests to finish for me. Are you So the first sentence is, um, I love. Surfing, of course. <laughs> I, <laughs> I miss. Wow, that's difficult. I miss some of my Australian junk food when I'm living in Indonesia. <laughs> I wish. Uh I wish, wow. I wish more people uh, could experience the joy of surfing that I get when I surf. Lovely. And the last one is I want. I want to surf more. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, more often than I do now. (laughs) Well, that's brilliant, Belinda. I guess that we've made it. Um, How do you feel? Yeah, that's great. It's great. It's actually really nice to um, to chat to you. Hopefully we'll... um, We'll get a chance to meet one day and be kind of familiar with sort of where you are. But um, and also we will have a European presence um, in the next year or two. So um, obviously we'll probably focus on Portugal and Spain initially. But France, we have a lot of followers out of France, believe it or not. So we've been tossing tossing up whether or not we include France in our schedule. But um, it's been a pleasure um, having this chat today, and I really wish you all the best for for the business um, and to, to get in the water as much as possible. Thank you ever so much, Belinda, and um, take care and speak yeah, to you, you soon. Too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Enjoy the waves in outside Marseille. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. See you soon, right. Belinda. Bye bye. See you later. Bye. Well, that was a lovely conversation. I really love the way Surf Getaways is empowering women to reach their full potential through surfing. It was also really interesting to talk to somebody who's been to the top of the corporate ladder and survived. And it's thought provoking to think that surfing did keep Belinda going all these years and that she's now created a dream life around surfing.
Last but not least, remember you're never too old to get in the water. To get hold of Surf Getaways, their website is uh, surfgetaways.com.au. Don't forget the .au at the end. And you can reach them on Instagram at surfgetaways, on Facebook at surfgetaways.com.au. And you can subscribe to their YouTube channel. All the links are available in the show notes. So please look them up in your podcasting app or on an article I wrote on medium.com. There's an illustrated article of Belinda on medium.com and um, you can subscribe to my profile. Just look up the Ocean Riders podcast or Amy Barno. I'm currently revamping my website as well and logo. So hopefully very soon you'll be able to find all the episodes, links, etc. in the same place. The Ocean Riders podcast is a weekly podcast. So if you like it, please subscribe. If you'd like to share your story, you can connect with me at hello at theoceanriderspodcast.com or via my Instagram account at theoceanriderspodcast. This episode can be played and replayed on most of the podcast apps such as Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Deezer and of course Apple Podcasts. You can also stream the episodes directly on your computer by connecting to theoceanriderspodcast.com. I've created a Facebook group as well, so if you'd like to join the conversation after the episode, you're welcome to. Uh, You can find the Facebook group on Facebook, obviously, at the Ocean Riders Community. Uh, Look me up over there. Anyway, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook as well as a page, so you should be able to contact with me somehow. Um, You can use my link tree to pave your way to your preferred social platform. The link to it is in the show notes, and it's also linktr so l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash the ocean riders podcast thank you belinda for being such an inspiration and thank you for listening next week i'll be receiving a surfing legend who among other amazing feats was world champ in 1965 surfed a tsunami and is inspiring surfers from around the world to surf until a hundred years of age so stay tuned Until next week, take care, have fun and enjoy the waves. Ciao.